Welcome back. And as I promised a conversation with Chris Reddy from All Weather uh, to analyze what has been moving the markets today. Of course, uh, we were starting off with the Fed um, that has increased interest rates by 50 basis points. Um, I think for quite a while, business as usual had been 75 basis points, but now we're finally getting back to a kind of loosening, although uh, it may still be restrictive as the Fed has said that they will keep on doing what they're doing until inflation comes down with that peak uh, forecasted by the dot plot on the Fed funds rate of between 5 and 5.25%. So are the markets souring on this news that we could have a situation of higher for longer, Chris? Yes, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's part of the reason why the market actually sold up. I think the one challenge is that many have expected the terminal rate to actually be uh, to, to hold at those levels, even be reduced. But unfortunately, at the Fed announcement, they were actually looking to increase the terminal rates. That was the one challenge. And then also, uh, Chairman Powell also said clearly that they're not likely to start cutting rates before inflation drops to around about the 2% level. I mean, I guess the other negatives at the, at the announcement as well was that they were only forecasting about 50 basis points of GDP growth for next year, and we know that that's quite, I mean, that's very close to zero. So there is a likelihood of the U.S. actually going into a recession, even though the Fed themselves said that that's not part of their base uh, scenario. So that is the one that's, I think those are the key negatives that came out there. So rates high for longer. Yeah. Uh, coming out of the U.S. Uh, interestingly enough, I was going to ask you if those GDP and inflation projections did startle you. So, of course, uh, they expect growth of, what, 0.5%. Yeah. Do you think that maybe those forecasts or maybe the wording from Powell that we could still reach a soft landing, that there's quite a significant possibility, do you think that that's all political and that we are actually going to get to a, a situation where we do reach a hard landing? Yeah, look, I mean, general definition of a recession is that you've got two sec two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So if you're forecasting 50 basis points for the whole year, I mean, there's a strong likelihood that you will get negative for two quarters in that full year. I think the general sense on the market, though, is that we are likely to see tougher conditions coming out of the U.S. and even EU because of the higher interest rates that have come through, affecting disposable income. But they've also come out of a period of very, very low interest rates, a lot of government support stimulus measures that have come through as well. And we still haven't seen the back end of these higher energy costs uh, that are still hurting. Supply chain is still a bit of a factor as well. So apart from that, what we are seeing from many companies that are reporting is that we're also seeing sticky labor uh, costs coming through as well. So all of these factors potentially impacting earnings from companies. And that's why I mean, our view is that we're still likely to see some further downgrades coming through on the earnings for 2023. Yeah. Um, still on the kind of growth conversation, let's bring it back to South Africa. Uh, here we had the uh, formal employment stats coming out and actually surprising to the upside. Of course, I think as expected, because as we saw from the third quarter GDP growth of 1.6%, we kind of expect a ticking up of employment there. What are you making of those numbers? Should we be celebrating or, or maybe uh, not, so, not so fast? Mm -hmm. I, I think the key, the key issue, as as was moving the markets yesterday, was just what happens to ESCOM. I mean, it's very, very tough to grow when you don't have power. I mean, that's just the reality. When you speak to companies on the ground, it's very difficult to actually operate with these tough conditions. Let alone, I think we're still going to be seeing the, the impact of these various rate hikes that the South has put through this year. 
So they're still going to see pressure on the consumer's disposable income. And I think many are still waiting for the government to come through with the infrastructure spend. I mean, if you speak to many of the, 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 cons the construction companies, there's, a, there's been a lot of pitching for, for tenders to come through, but yet many, many of them are still yet to be awarded. So those are some of the, the near-term challenges that we've got to operate uh, from, from, a, from, a, from an overall GDP perspective. I mean, the number one concern is just keeping the lights on to actually be able to produce something. Yeah, and we will actually be having uh, a more detailed conversation uh, shortly with Cass Kovadia on the situation with ESCOM, if maybe a changing of guard is maybe a significant development uh, to ending load shedding, which don't think so. But uh, anyway, uh, China came out with some disappointing economic data early on. Retail sales fell more than expected and industrial production rose at a slower pace than forecast. You also had investment into that embattled real estate sector falling. Do you think that this could be the worst that we could see out of China considering the reopening movements that we have been seeing? Or do you maybe think there might be a shift from the headwinds that we've seen from COVID-19 to maybe headwinds associated with the slowing down of the global economy yeah it's a good it's a good uh, good point that you raised there. i mean i think the one key factor that the market is looking for is what does china do with their zero COVID policy because if anything they've been quite aggressive in coming out uh, of reducing their restrictions and this is also going into a winter season with relaxing the just the social distancing and the likes uh, so if you look at the data coming out of China, I mean, the actual number of instances of, of uh, infections is low, but just next door to China at Hong Kong, we're seeing record numbers worth of infections. So the concern that we've got is that we don't see this big opening up trade that comes through that many had expected in the market. And that filters through both into the property sector infrastructure spend, which is a read through into, into SA from a commodities demand perspective. But then also with regards to just the, the, the general consumer spend as well, because many had expected the Chinese consumer to start traveling again. There was also a read through into the likes of the luxury sector, Richmond and, and, and their peers to potentially benefit from that, from that consumer uh, coming through from China in, in the opening up trade. So I think that's one key risk to, uh, to global growth regarding what China does uh, on, on the zero COVID policy. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, let's get to your stock pick for today. So, so, on, so I think it's quite apt regarding what's happening with load shedding. Uh, my stock pick is actually TFG. Um, so the stock has come off quite a bit post the recent results. A lot of that was actually impacted by load shedding. If you recall, they, 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 com they commented on 132,000 trading hours lost in the six months period to September. And that had a negative impact on earnings, 400 million rand lost, 200 million on operating profits lost. Uh, so that's the one challenge. They also, because of the load shedding, you weren't able to trade effectively and you had then the impact on higher provisionings for your inventory. We feel that the stock is offering significant value at these levels. I mean, you if you assume that the company does close to about 11 rand full year earnings, you're looking at a PE ratio of close to about nine times significant discount to both its historical level mm -hmm. as well as what it's trading at versus their peers. Now, why we feel that it's not as dire as, as what it seems like if you account for some of the one-offs in the space, uh, TFG has spent a lot of capex with regards to putting in the Tesla power walls. So the lights will be on over Christmas. I mean, I guess the one negative against that is that if the entire mall is black, is dark, you're not going to see yeah. a lot of footfall traffic coming through. But as we see with many of the landlords now, most are running generators. If not, they've also got uh, solar power and battery backups as well. So the lights are generally expected to be on in the malls. Mm -hmm. um, the other factors about to note with TFG is that 
the most recent trade has been very promising, both from a Black Friday sales as well as what they're expecting to see from Christmas. So that's positive mm. with regards to some of the inventory that they're sitting on. And then going across to Australia as well, all indications are that the Australian consumer is still performing very well. So we see the great performance out of TFG Australia. Yeah. Even though we might see some kind of margin compression, we're still expecting to see very good growth coming from that business. All right. London is in the case about 10%, so that's not a big driver of the investment case. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for that analysis and your insights today, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, that was all weathers, Chris Reddy.